Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackpine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're talking about a lot. The AFC North possibly getting easier for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meanwhile, a potential replacement named for Cam Sutton if he is off to another team in free agency and uh, losing an assistant GM way earlier than they expected. The Pittsburgh Steelers might be in a uh, in a short time frame for a guy that could be substantial to the growth and the future of this organization. But first, it is gross outside. It was beautiful yesterday. I won't lie to you. I I worked all day, and then the second I was done working, I went and hit more golf balls because it's just my addiction this week. But rain's got to come. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, yeah. I mean, you're right. It was nice yesterday. It's supposed to be nice tomorrow, but today we got to muddle through some, some crappy weather. Um, yeah. This just makes me pump for Indy more. Let's get out of here. I don't think <laughs> – I know Indy's not like Florida or anything, but – you know, I'm I'm by the day getting more excited to to head to Indy and, and see the combine for the first time. Yeah, the combine is uh it's a great time. You picked a great year too to start this journey because this is the first time possibly ever, I believe maybe ever, that media actually gets to watch the combine. Years past, you you went to all the interviews, you watched the bench press, the whole nine, which the Brent's the bench press is dope. You want to get excited yeah. about a guy that you never met, you stand there and watch. 40 people try to rile him up as he right. puts up 25 reps at 225. Um, pretty dope. But this year you get to go watch the 40, you get to go watch the passing drills and, and so on and so forth, which I think is always enjoyable. See a little fan action. Yeah. And he's a, and a good time. It's my favorite place in the whole world. I won't lie to you. <laughs> Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's up there, but I don't know. There's something about Indianapolis that I'm just mm. like, this place is pretty dope. Maybe it's mm. the six hour drive of pure flat. You know, there's mm. nothing but straight roads and <laughs> nothing on the side of you. And you're just like, this is a great time. This yeah. is a, you know, it just puts you in just the right mind at, and spirit. Just cruise at 90 the entire way. Yeah. Barely oh, even need to pay attention. Yeah. Last year, there was like a truck rally going on. I always stop at this place that that we will stop at. No doubt. Okay. It's called the Warm Glow. Okay. They sell they sell a million things. It's like a little like it's like a ginormous mom and pop shop that has like a bunch of handmade 
stuff in it. There's a little diner in it with two old ladies that just serve like pulled pork sandwiches that were fire. Um, and they sell candles that are like, oh, where's my other hand? The, how do I get this in here? It's like this big. They're huge. They look like a pile of flapjacks. They're ginormous. I bought five of them. I bought one for every one of my family last year. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. This is so worth yeah. the money. Here's a candle uh, that'll last you a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been burning it every day. There's not even a, like, there's no, there's no dividend in it. Mm-hmm. There's barely anything gone. Yeah. It's a, uh, Indy's a great time. I do, uh, I do love Indianapolis. But before we go to Indy, there's a lot of news to talk about. Let's start with Lamar Jackson. As of today, the Baltimore Ravens can franchise tag him exclusive or non-exclusive kind of determines their future and his future leaves a very questionable window open for other teams to swoop in and possibly grab him if they do non-exclusive tag him. So the way this works, and let me explain this to everybody who might not understand what we're saying here. The way that the franchise tag works, there's two franchise tags. There's the non-exclusive and the exclusive. The non-exclusive doesn't have a negative impact on a team's salary cap. So in the case of Lamar Jackson, I believe it's $45 million for the one year. If it's exclusive, it will count against the team's salary cap. If it is non-exclusive, it will not. That being said, if it is non-exclusive, other teams can begin to negotiate with Lamar Jackson. They could sign him to a deal that's worth more than the franchise tag, and I believe they have to send two first-round picks to Baltimore. In the case of Lamar Jackson, that's probably what he'd be traded for anyways, if not a little bit more, and what he would sign for with another team. Now, he has to obviously agree to that contract. They can't just say, hey, we're going to pay you $46 million over the next two years. Here's two first-round picks. He has to agree to that contract. If it is exclusive, the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. He is theirs. However, that $45 million hits their salary cap that puts them in a big bind for this season for a guy that they don't know what the future is going to bring leaves a lot of question marks. They have a week, two weeks, March 7th is the deadline for the franchise tag. Do you think that that's the route that they go instead of paying him a fully guaranteed deal, which is what he's looking for? Yeah. The more I think about it, the more sense it makes for me uh, you know, just for the Ravens to non-exclusive tag him. Like this is a franchise that has played chicken with him throughout these entire ne- negotiations. Um, this is a guy that if I was a GM, I would commit to pretty easily. Um, like this is Lamar Jackson. This guy's won an MVP. He's a pretty, he, he is in, for, for me, he is in that kind of elite tier of quarterback. Um, and I understand the restri- the tight situation that the Ravens are in just with their cap and they need a lot of help around him, but, this is Lamar Jackson you're talking about. This is a guy who has carried your franchise for a while right now. Um, and I don't know if you don't want him, then at least leave the door open for someone to pick him up and for you to get something out of it. Like those two first yeah. round picks would be huge, especially if you're moving on from Lamar Jackson. Like just, I, I don't know. Part of me also thinks that uh franchise you know the non-exclusive franchise tag is a good way to kind of play the fence a little bit and like sit on the fence and play both sides for for the ravens yeah i think if you're looking at it from the ravens standpoint that's their most likely course of action how screwed are they though you know if the steelers are not if the steelers if the ravens lose lamar jackson for two first round picks i mean that could be to anybody you got to think it's a team maybe like the jets 
the Raiders, New England, possibly, you know, teams, the Saints would be up there, even though the Saints have no salary cap any anywhere, anytime. You got to imagine it's not a team like the Houston Texans or the Mm -hmm. Chicago Bears who are going to get like the first three quarterbacks in the draft. So where does that leave Baltimore? If you're the Baltimore Ravens, are you non-exclusive tagging him because you hope that you could get a payout for him? Or are you shipping him? Because I think the other thought here is, do we try to trade Lamar, get our pick of two first-round picks, which would likely put them in a spot to land a guy like Bryce Young or land a guy like C.J. Stroud or you know, Anthony Richardson who could somewhat replicate who Lamar Jackson is or do they just non-exclusive tag him and then just take anybody who comes with two first round picks? I think that's the the issue that they're in just to name the quarterbacks that are getting paid more than Lamar Jackson, because I think that's where it starts is why are you not paying Lamar Jackson? I don't think there's a risk there. I think people want to talk about a risk and say, oh, well, he hasn't been healthy the last couple of seasons. The Baltimore Ravens haven't done anything to support this guy for the last five years. They've went out and drafted one wide receiver. His name's Rashad Bateman, who has turned into nothing so far. Besides that, they've locked on Sammy Watkins. Before that, it was Willie Sneed. Eventually, it was Deshaun Jackson to be their guy for Lamar Jackson. And then they just consistently say, you hear it all the time. My dad makes the argument constantly. Well, Mark Andrews. What about Mark Andrews? Like he's the third or fourth best tight end in the NFL. It's not like Travis Kelsey. This is a totally different situation. And even there, Patrick Mahomes has Juju Smith-Schuster, which is three times the wide receiver that a 36-year-old, six-year-old Deshaun Jackson is or a Sammy Watkins is. And you have Nicole Hartman. You, You have names if you're Kansas City. You have five running backs. Maybe that part's true in Baltimore. But I don't think they've done anything to support this guy to keep him healthy. I mean, do you, if you're Baltimore, are you just looking at it like he's our heart and soul where we have to sign him? Or you do you, do you think that they're looking at it the other way and saying we really are like uncertain that we'll even keep this guy past the next season? They seem more uncertain to me. Um, just if they were certain, I feel like a deal would have been done a long time ago. Um, but yeah, they, they don't look certain to me and, I don't know. So, so you talk about like maybe not having your like trying to get the best picks possible for this coming year, but think about next year. Like Caleb Williams is looming, yeah. In in next year's draft too, if you really need a quarterback, um, you kind of don't know what Caleb. that. Right, exactly. Like if you, I, to me, if you're if you're getting rid of Lamar, if you're shipping him out, you are blowing it up. You are, mm-hmm. um, you're just you're, you're straight blowing it up and you're rebuilding again. Um, so like, why, like, don't, you, you should not be in a rush to get your, your franchise quarterback, especially when another generational talent is is out there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I think they can take it a little slower and I think they can, I don't think they need to. So if they, if they wanted to sign Lamar, ship him out for, for a package that they like more, I, I don't know. They're. I think they're going to get good picks either way, and they're going to have if if they're going to really commit to shipping out Lamar and blowing it up, they'll have enough resources, have have enough capital to 
to create a, a more sustainable rebuild for themselves. So you're looking at it like that. Like if you get two first round picks, chances are one of them is next year. So you use that first round pick and your first round pick to go get a quarterback in a year. Yeah. If you get rid of Lamar. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's where things get tricky, though, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, because why would you keep Lamar Jackson this season? Why would you look at that situation and say, OK, well, we'll try to win a Super Bowl with Lamar this year and then we'll just move up and try to get a quarterback next year. Like, yeah, that works in Madden. That's not going to work. The 32nd pick in the draft is worth nothing to most people who have the first or second pick in the draft. And then if you don't have I, I get what you're saying if you do trade him, but that's that's the situation that the, the Ravens are in is if they either have to get rid of Lamar Jackson and begin to plan for the future immediately and take a down year, or they have to sign him long-term. I don't think that the franchise tag works in this situation whatsoever. I just look at it as, as you're going you're gonna to continue to sit here with Lamar Jackson. What are you going to do? You're going to franchise tag him again next year, and then the year after that until he proves to you that, oh, he did get hurt again, and he is not as valuable as we thought, he, or as we said he was, it just, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't, it it leaves you with a loss no matter what you do if you're the Ravens, if you decide to keep him on oh, a one-year deal. So what do you do? So what would you do this year then? Because then they just, otherwise, oh, get they just have to, you just have to let him walk, right? I'd get, yeah, I'd, I'd ship him. I, I, I mean, I, oh, no, 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 I would tag him and then I'd hmm. trade him, but I would tag him and or I would trade him. I would get rid of Lamar Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I'm paying Lamar Jackson. If I am an NFL team, I am giving Lamar Jackson $46 million. I mean, look at the look at the list of quarterbacks and tell me he doesn't belong here. These are all the guys that are making over $40 million a year. Josh Allen makes $43 million. Patrick Mahomes makes 45. Deshaun Watson makes 46. Kyler Murray makes 46.1, which I think is hilarious. Russell Wilson makes 49 and Aaron Rodgers makes $50.2 million a season. You're telling me Lamar Jackson doesn't belong in that group of quarterbacks. He most certainly belongs in that group of quarterbacks when it comes to compensation. Do I think he should be guaranteed the entire deal? No, but I think that you should sweeten the pot enough to say, Hey, look, we're not going to be the team that starts this president. We're not going to give in to what the Cleveland Browns did and make the NFL so much harder for everybody else and let all of these teams suffer, including us, for the future because we're going to give you a fully guaranteed deal. But we'll give you almost a fully guaranteed deal because that doesn't look like a fully guaranteed deal. People will let that one drift away into nothing, and they'll continue to talk about Deshaun Watson, and it should be good enough for you. And I think Lamar should look at that and say, yeah, I understand what's going on here. And I'll take that if he doesn't, if Lamar's being that guy and he's like, I want it all or I want nothing. Well, then that's on Lamar. But I don't think that the Raven, I don't have the sense that the Ravens are there. I don't have the sense that the Ravens are, are close enough to make anybody feel good about it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I think, I think Lamar has every right to demand that. Um, I think oh, there's yeah, going I to agree. be, there's going to be a player's union that is also going to be telling him to demand that. Um, it's going to be an interesting like push and pull from like, what are these owners saying to each other about 
you know, who's going to sign, who's going to sign them and what they're going to give them. And who's, is someone going to go behind someone's back and say, no, we just want them like, screw you guys. I'm I'll give them the guaranteed deal so I can get a great quarterback versus everyone kind of colluding to say, look, let's artificially keep this down and let's just not sign them to a fully guaranteed deal. And, and it's just who breaks first, really? Who, yeah. who's, is Lamar going to is Lamar, the Ravens going to feel like they need to need to get something done sooner before, before everyone else does. I think that's the, that's the part that we play a dangerous game is if you're franchise tagged, if your team looking at Lamar Jackson, looking to, to steal him from the Ravens, are you offering him a fully guaranteed deal? If I am. Yeah. Do you, or do you think like do you think that that's what happens if you're one of the teams if if the team's interested in Lamar Jackson because there's going to be a number of them do they do you think they offer a fully guaranteed deal to this guy and say hey look it we'll give it to you they won't we will I think certain teams would would like the Jets and the Saints I could totally see them doing that yeah um a team like New England I don't no. know um who else needs a quarterback. The Saints, the Texans, but they're gonna. There's a lot of teams that are gonna take. They're gonna take a quarterback. They're not gonna, you know what I mean? Like those those first three or four teams, right there, are gonna just be like, nah, we're good. I don't know who's high on. Does Tampa need a Tampa needs a quarterback? Right? Tampa Bay, they need a quarterback. They could definitely be on the hunt for a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. Atlanta has been named to Lamar Jackson a number of times. So they could be it. But are one of those teams just handing them a fully guaranteed deal? Like, hey, come play for us for the next six years? Tampa seems like the tiny, kind of team to do that. Like Tampa and the Jets and the Saints, they just give me those kind of vibes. Like, I think they're desperate enough, and I think they are. They feel ready to take a home run swing on someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel that too. I kind yeah. of feel – I think that's what screws everything over. But I also think that that's what makes it so – interesting for the Ravens and continues to push what I think is my narrative of the situation. I don't know what's going on in my background here. It's just, you see it like just going in and out. Um, I think that the Ravens, they're going to lose them. I I just look at it and say, there's too many teams in the NFL that are going to be interested in Lamar Jackson, where he is not going to take anything less. There's no compromise in this situation. It's I'm Lamar Jackson. I'm a former MVP. Yeah. I didn't play the last, eight games of the season this year, but whatever teams still want me. They're still going to hand me a boatload of money. No matter who I go to, I'm leaving. I'm either signing a fully guaranteed deal here, or I'm just going to continue to wait it out and sign a fully guaranteed deal somewhere else. Cause I'm not getting any older. You know, Lamar Jackson's a quarterback. He's not looked at as this guy that's got a short shelf life. They want him around forever. Right. I was going to say like, Rest is not bad for Lamar Jackson. Taking a year off would not be the worst thing in the world for him. No, no. Oh, gosh, no. No, especially Lamar Jackson. That's the situation that the Ravens are in, is they do not control anything here. Lamar Jackson is still Lamar Jackson, and if anything, he sits a year. We saw what happened with Deshaun Watson, where you pay him $260 million. There's not one person talking about, oh, maybe Deshaun Watson never gets back to full form. Everybody is fully convinced. I mean, me and you, but (laughs) most people are talking about, oh, he'll get there. They'll figure it out. And if they don't figure it out, it was a bad move. But Deshaun Watson was worth the money in hindsight. 
Lamar Lamar Jackson's gonna be the same deal. They're not nobody's yeah. gonna look at Lamar Jackson and say, Oh, this guy took a year off of football. He's now only worth twenty-five to thirty-five million dollars. No, right. he's gonna be worth fifty million dollars next year, right? Fully guaranteed for the next six years. Somebody's gonna give him that type of money. And I think if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you ship him out of here and you take a year and you suffer and you you just deal with the repercussions of next season. Because yeah, you're not going to get a quarterback this year. Right. Look, you swung and you missed. Like, that happens. You can't, yep. like, you can't yep. try to, you can't, What what what's even the phrase? You can't make the situation worse trying to salvage something that didn't work. Um, no, exactly. Or just salvage it, you know? Just pay him. You want to pay him a fully guaranteed deal? You want to pay him what he wants? Give him what he wants. But you don't want to do that. So, right. your only other option is to get rid of him. There's no, there's no compromise here. The NFL is no longer built for teams to win that's not that's not the idea anymore the idea is for the players to always win and lamar jackson is going to win this one and i get a lot of people oh i wrote i wrote something a couple weeks ago about how lamar jackson was on his way out and patrick queen has also requested a trade and he's on his way out two of possibly their two biggest names in baltimore i had ravens fans blowing on my dms like Dude, you're an idiot. We're going to trade Patrick Queen and Lamar Jackson, and we're going to replace both of them in the draft, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's great in theory. Who are you replacing Lamar Jackson with in the NFL draft? Because you're not moving up high enough to get somebody that is Lamar Jackson quality. You're not getting a C.J. Stroud. You're not getting a Bryce Young. You're not getting you, – maybe you're getting an Anthony Richardson. I guess that's a good backup plan, I mm-hmm. guess. You're not getting who's the dude out of Kentucky? Will Levis. Will You're Levis, not getting yeah. in. You're not getting him. And by no means are you finding a Patrick Queen. Are you kidding right. me? This yeah, inside like linebacker is... group is terrible. And you're gonna find a Patrick Queen. Right. Like if go ahead, Ravens. Do that. Do yeah. that. Go trade away your two best players and talk about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Please. It just I, doesn't I work. It. Baltimore is on the downslide and it's got to be a tough place to be if you are the Baltimore Ravens because you tried you did not try hard enough they pulled the Pittsburgh Steelers with less talent they said we're just going to build this very dominant defense and then we're going to get a quarterback who could do it all the Steelers built a dominant defense forgot about the quarterback found a quarterback but at least they have talent around the quarterback the Ravens just said our quarterback's fine that's all we need as long (laughs) as we have a quarterback we don't need anybody else we'll draft a third round running back out of Ohio State he'll be good enough to play running back and he is when he's healthy he's never healthy we have zero wide receivers and our only receiving option at tight end took a major downslide this year Hmm. oh and our offensive line's falling apart great team phenomenal team that the Baltimore Ravens got going on right now and people, I'm telling you, my DMs were blowing up with people just like, dude, you don't even know. I was getting called a disgrace left and right. People were like, that's so disgraceful that you have no idea what's going on in Baltimore. I'm like, okay, buddy, I've been here Should before. Be ashamed. Oh, the Ravens fans, it's always a great day when I, and I don't like to attack fan bases, you know, unless it's the Steelers because, you know, I feel like give, give and take a little bit. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm part of you. Just deal with it. But the Ravens, you know, I don't want to I don't want to take any cheap shots, but I've been attacked. I've never been attacked more than my take on Lamar and Patrick Queen, except for when the Ravens signed Alejandro Villanueva and said they were going to move him to the right tackle spot, which he's never played before. And he was 34 years old. And I wrote an article about how 
they took a serious downgrade from Orlando Brown and that they should have paid Orlando Brown, which they were in the same situation again, where they had a guy that they should have kept and they decided not to. Dude, people blew me up. Are you serious? You don't even know. How could you disrespect Alejandro Villanueva? Just wait, just wait. Awful. Had the worst right tackle season possibly in the history of the NFL. Who could have saw that one coming? A 34-year-old left tackle making this change to right, which is not an easy thing. This is not Madden. That's a very difficult thing to do. And to play on the fastest team in the NFL, and he is the slowest man alive. Just, you know, smart thinking by the Ravens. They're always... (laughs) Always doing stuff, but that was the worst. That one, I had days, days and days and days of DMs. Just like I still have yeah. some of them. Just people just calling me clowns, going after my mom. People love to go after my mom whenever <laughs> I piss somebody off. Oh yeah, they're like your mom should have never raised you. <laughs> like what should she have done? Just she didn't like really let have me a choice. Go. Yeah, yeah. Just like put me outside and be like, all right, you're done now. We've we've had fun. It's over. Yeah, I'd look for some, but they're deep. Those DMs are deep mm. at this point. Yeah, I piss a lot those. of people off these days. These days. It is what it is. Comes with the territory. But either way, Baltimore Ravens in a lot of trouble. Let's talk Pittsburgh Steelers now. Cam Sutton remains really the only interesting topic of conversation amongst the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Is he staying? Is he leaving? Every day it's a flip-flop. Sometimes it's, oh, okay, he's predicted to stay. Other days it's, eh, you know, maybe he's maybe he's on his way out. This team's interested in him. That team's interested in him. The most recent one is ESPN, who has predicted that he leaves to, I think it was the Detroit Lions were one of them. I don't remember who else was on the list. Who replaces him is former Las Vegas Raiders cornerback, Rockyson, Temple grad, former Indianapolis Colt. On paper, I guess, yeah, it's not a bad move for the Steelers. You dig a little deeper, you realize maybe a really bad move for the Steelers. What are your thoughts on Rocky sin here replacing Cam Sutton? He would certainly be a cheaper option. Um, but like you get what you pay for. Um, I don't know. You, you need like, this is my thing is that you can't, you need to pay for talent. Um, you can't just do everything cheap. Um, Cam Sutton's a good player. He's earned his money and you need him. Go pay him. Like don't, you know, Rocky sin is a fine player, but, if that's your plan for replacing a guy like Cam Sutton, you're in a bad spot. And I think that's just the wrong mindset to be in, to think that you can just find a good value and yeah. that's good enough to go when you super when you not Super Bowls even, but like get you to the playoffs or anything. Yeah. This the the uh the breakdown here of the reason why. First off, this is uh we should give credit where credit is due Matt Bowen. ESPN staff writer, he named one free agent for every team. So this wasn't a straight Steelers prediction. It was about everybody. But he goes, how strong the market for Rocky Sin ends up being will play a role in the Steelers' ability to move on. But I like the fit, especially if Pittsburgh can re-sign, can't re-sign Sutton. Yassin is well-versed in both man and, and zone schemes and has physical a physical approach to the game, so he would upgrade the perimeter of the Steelers' secondary. He had seven pass breakups this season, allowed just one touchdown reception as the nearest defender, according to next-gen stats. That's great, but then you look at overall what's going on with Rocky Sin. Over the last two seasons, this is Cam Sutton's numbers. 
this past season, three interceptions, 15 pass deflections. Phenomenal year. The past two years, it's five interceptions, 21 pass deflections. That's his two years as a starter. Rock Sin in 52 games overall in his entire five-year career or four-year career. He has two interceptions and 27 pass deflections. So, yeah, I get it. Like, he, he hasn't been bad. He's had his upsides. He's had his downsides. He hasn't turned the ball over since year one of the NFL. I just don't think it is an upgrade. I think at that point, you just take the loss if you lose Cam Sutton and you say, you know, maybe we see if Akella Witherspoon works out again and then we go draft somebody because Levi Wallace at that moment is your CB1. Right. Yeah, this is... As a contingency plan, I don't, I don't hate this, but like, no. If you're, if you're at the point where you're looking to Rocky Sin to be a starting corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're in a bad spot. Um, and you should probably just draft someone, and you could probably draft someone that you is probably cheaper and not probably not cheaper actually, but like you, but it's better, you know, better start for day yeah. one and Rocky Sin is cheap. You know what I mean? Like what's like Cam Sutton is cheap in the grand yeah. scheme. We were talking last week or Monday maybe about how James Bradbury's $15 million a season. Right. Cam Sutton's going to be like seven. Rocky Sin's going to be like five. Cam Sutton's already the discount. How much more of a discount? At that point, you're just getting another Levi Wallace and another William Jackson and another Akella Witherspoon and saying, okay, guys, go figure it out. You know, we don't have a true number one, but you guys will be fine. Don't worry. Jamar Chase isn't that fast. (laughs) I I just don't think it makes sense for the Steelers to take anything less than Cam Sutton. At that moment, if you lose Cam Sutton, maybe you try to shoot for the stars and go get somebody that might be a little bit of a splash. You're not going to get him for as cheap as you'd get Cam Sutton, but I just don't think you, if you go further down the list, you're not going to be able to compete with the AFC North, which is, you know, we already saw those struggles this year and you can't rely on Levi Wallace to be your CB1 I think he also like just go double dip in the draft. Just go get two corners in the draft and say, okay, well, we spent the 17th pick and the 46th pick on cornerbacks. There's no need for us to, you know, go sign somebody that's an a player. We still have Akella Witherspoon still under contract for another season. And so is Levi Wallace. Right. If you're going to, if you're moving on from Cam Sutton, I'd rather take someone with potential. You know, you kind of know what Rocky Sin is already. Like I would yes. rather bank on, some youth in the future and being able to develop a guy or so, you know, get a guy with some obvious talent. Like I'd go that route instead of signing a guy like this. Yeah. I just don't think Rocky Sin works in Pittsburgh. I, I don't think that anybody, I don't think you could explore the cornerback free agent market and feel good about anybody that does not match up with Cam Sutton, because there should already be a little bit of concern that Cam Sutton is your best corner. And, and I think Cam Sutton's a great corner. And I, I I think he's a very valuable piece to any puzzle. But if he went anywhere else, chances are he's not the CB1. You know, like he mm-hmm. signs in Minnesota. He's not the CB1. He signs in Detroit. He's not the CB1. Like he's just he's the two. He's he's a starter. He's a versatile guy in Pittsburgh. He's the one. So mm-hmm. you downgrade from that. You're putting yourself in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. All right. I do want to talk about one more thing. Andy Weidel. Has caught the attention of the AFC North. But first, first, I'm not. I, I've almost skipped this three times now, and there's no way we could continue to skip this. The Steelers. And I told you I'm not telling you what this topic is. I'm just going to. Blind reaction. Not blind reaction here. The Steelers, okay, confirmed with allsteelers.com yesterday. 
They're making a major, major upgrade to Acrisure Stadium. Have you seen this? Oh, I have. I think I have seen this. You have seen this. The Steelers are about to spend $1.4 million on a new upgrade to the stadium, and fans should be super hyped about this. I don't know if you've ever been to a Steelers game or a pit game and have had to take a piss mid-game, and it is crowded. But there is nothing more awkward than walking into those bathrooms, walking up to the to the trough, because it's not even urinals. It's just one long sink that you pee in and just trying so hard not to get a little glimpse to the left or the right because you are three inches from the dude next to you, bumping elbows, trying to take a pee into a sink, into the sink on the floor. That's exactly what it is. No more. The Steelers have said, we are done. We are a billion-dollar corporation. We will have, I don't know, rules, standards. <laughs> the standard We live is in a standard. society. Yeah, we live in a society. And what will they do? They're going to spend $1.4 million to remove the troughs and add 95 urinals to that stadium. Phenomenal day for Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I love that it's... $1.4 million just to put some urinals in, which is, I'm sure 95 urinals does cost a boatload of money, but they couldn't leave out that they were upgrading the women's restrooms either. They put urinals in there too? No, no, no. The, the eight women's restrooms who will be attended to are just getting new floor coatings, awesome. which if you do a little, a little digging, they do every single off season. They replace the floor coating every single year the men's restrooms too but they had to make sure that all of that this isn't just a urinal story i think they tried very hard to avoid the <laughs> urinal story so they were like well no dude we're yeah. also doing well they did a great doing, job of that yeah they did yeah a great job of that. yeah but huge news for the pittsburgh steelers i mean that was my breaking news i was super excited for my fiance to come home yesterday and i was like hey i actually uh you know i got i got a confirmation on a good story today you want to hear about it <laughs> i told her about the urinals i am I'm torn. I oh, you're a trough guy, huh? I like the trough, man. There's some authenticity. <laughs> there's some authenticity to it. It's like it's I don't know. Nothing it's... like peeing next to somebody that you could look dead in the eyes, right? Well, I mean, I also have a different experience. Like most of the time when I've gone to Heinz or Acrisure, it's been for a pit game, which aren't ever as crowded as well. On rare occasions, they are as crowded or, or more crowded True. than Steeler games. So. Never super had that problem before, but like even when I go other places, I don't mind a trough. I don't mind a trough. It's easy. I, I like. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't mind a trough. You also don't get. You also don't get the splashback on a no splashback in a trough. No right? splashback. Yeah, but what if you? Saying. What if you? You know what I mean? Like, what if you like gotta pee, but you you don't have to pee yet? Like, you know, like you're just like, oh, I'm gonna pee before we sit down, and then you're standing there, and you're just like, I know, you know, I'm not peeing yet. We're working on it. We're getting there. Stop looking at me. I just yeah. Feel like I think that's weirder that if someone's like looking at you, trying to figure out why you're like mind your business, you know, mind your business. Yeah, but everybody, I agree. I just, I don't know if I'm a trough it, guy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a trough guy. Your I understand. Trough there. life is not for everyone. Trough life. Is no, not no. You just you just love peeing in groups. You're just a big, you know. I don't know. Nothing more. Nothing more relaxing than peeing with a bunch of guys peeing around you, right? Some camaraderie. That's what it is. You sports are all about. Brotherhoods. 
Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. There's especially the real drunk guy at the end of the game. That's like leaning <laughs> on you a little bit. That's the best one as you're going afterwards. And he's just stumbling up and you're like, shit, I'm definitely getting pissed on. This is, <laughs> this is definitely happening. Or like the guy that tries to talk to you. You don't get that in urinals. You know, nobody's talking to anybody in a urinal. People will talk to you in troughs. Yeah. That was a great people, third quarter, man. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk to you in urinals. People talk to you in urinals. I don't you know. are way too social in the bathroom. Mm. I don't initiate these conversations, but if someone uh, talks to me, it, I'm going to talk back. I'm not. It sure sounds like you enjoy group peace. It just, you're giving a friendly guy. You're giving out very, I am very excited. I'm too excited to go into this bathroom and pee in public vibes. But I mean, that's all right. Everybody's got their thing. You just, me. Yeah. People, you know, some people don't enjoy that. Some people do enjoy peeing and talking to people. That's Steven. That's Steven. $1.4 million. Fans should be pumped. It should be good by the season. So 95 urinals. Could you imagine if it's not done and they're like, we have to shut down three bathrooms. That place will be complete chaos. I think you have to put porta potties, 95 porta potties. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could not know. You could not like host a Steelers season opener and not have enough bathrooms. That is that is no. a disaster. That is a legitimate disaster. You cannot do that. No, nah, people will be peeing right in the lake or right in the li- river, right off the side. Like right. onto people's heads. It'd be bad. Right. It would be, yeah, that's as bad as it gets, but it should be done by them. $1.4 million for a bathroom. For a bathroom. But it's okay. That one's way more exciting to talk about than the ketchup bottles. <laughs> Sorry. It is what it is. Uh, All right. Last thing I want to talk about Andy Weidel. Hot topic of conversation amongst the AFC North right now Ravens GM. So just a little backstory. Andy Weidel spent 11 years in Baltimore before he went to Philadelphia. He has relationships with a lot of people over there, including their GM, Eric DaCosta. DaCosta said a week ago or so to Mike DeFabo of The Athletic that his one goal for Andy Weidel is to help him get out of Pittsburgh as fast as humanly possible, which makes a lot of sense. The guy built the Eagles, comes to the Steelers, I mean, built the Eagles twice, essentially, comes to the Steelers. People have very high expectations for this guy and what the Steelers can do under him as the assistant GM. But the question remains, how long is the shelf life here? Returned home to work in Pittsburgh. So you got to remember, he's a hometown guy. He loves that he returned home to the Steelers. He's got history here. But somebody's going to offer him a GM job. Do you think it's a one-year deal? Do you think it's a two-year deal? Do you think you have a couple of years if you're the Steelers to get something done with this guy? Or do you think that the uh, the lifespan of Andy Weidel as the Steelers' assistant GM might be very, very short? Yeah, I can't imagine you stick around for long um, unless the Steelers want to open up their GM job. Like, this guy is deserving of one, um, and he's going to do what every person in the world does. Um, like, every person with any sense of – any, like, shred of ambition – is looking towards their next job. You know, that doesn't mean he's doing his current job poorly, um, but it means that he is he's looking to step up. He's looking to prove himself. He knows his worth, I think. Um he wants that he wants that big job. Um and I think as soon as once one opens, there's going to be people who who want Andy Weidel and places where Andy Weidel wants to go. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that puts the Steelers in a tight situation because they want to build with this guy. And he's got I mean, if you if you read the athletics article, which I don't know what it's titled, but it's about Andy Weidel. You should go find it out. Mike DeFabo is the author. 
people really break down how this guy scouts differently than almost anybody in the NFL and how he sees things differently and how he has relationships that are different than most people in the NFL with these prospects. I think that is just so valuable to a team like the Steelers who are trying to build something right now and who have the building blocks to build something big puts a very, very tight window on this team to say, Hey, Let's get as uh, enough pieces here with this guy. Use him as much as humanly possible because he's going to leave and he's probably going to leave rather soon. There's also been reports I saw, and I'm not going to toss a name out here because I've heard I've heard some things, but there's been there's been a claim. I will say a claim that the Steelers are almost ignoring Andy Weidel in his scouting process uh, and his he's I mean. Just to know what the Steelers' I our, uh, hierarchy is, just to know what the ranks are. It's definitely, it starts at the top with Art Rooney. He makes all the final decisions, but he, he just makes the call. It goes Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, then probably Andy Weidel, and then the scouts. Do you think that there's any truth to the Steelers ignoring Andy Weidel? and his scouting process be pretty dumb if they did. Right. Like I'm not right. Like I, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to tell NFL front offices how to do their jobs, but the proof is in the pudding with this guy. Like if you're not listening to him, I feel like you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. Yeah. 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 I don't think that you, I, I, when I heard the claim, I was uh, taken back, but I've also mm-hmm. heard that the claim was uh, skeptical to, yeah. for lack of a better word here. I, well, I also that... wonder how much of that – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like how much of that is Art Rooney kind of taking up a lot of air and a lot of space in in the war room and stuff like that. Like is is Andy Weidel the only one being ignored? You know, is, is yeah, Art Rooney true. having that – having a really, you know, heavy hand in who the Steelers draft, which, you know, wouldn't be a shock. But is this an Andy Weidel-specific thing or is this a kind of organizational thing where Art Rooney's taking up a lot of air? I wonder how much air Art Rooney actually does take up. That's a good point because he does make those final calls, but I don't know how much he's sitting there going, oh, okay, that, well, I want that guy. So we're taking that guy. And I've heard this about this guy because he doesn't go out and scout things. He doesn't go to the NFL combine. He doesn't go to, you know, the senior bowl. He, he doesn't go to the pro days. He doesn't do any of that. He just makes the final call but I would imagine that he just kind of sits around and then somebody's like, okay, well, here's the names. Who do you want? And he says, oh, okay, I want Najee Harris. That's the guy that I feel confident about. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that there has to be an expectation where Andy Weidel is down the food chain. He's not, he's not the top guy and he's mm-hmm. not, he can't be looked at at the top as the top guy. You hired Omar Khan to be your general manager. You have to trust Omar Khan Mike Tomlin has been around forever and has built Super Bowl teams. You have to trust Mike Tomlin. Andy Waddle's the new guy. You know, he's the new guy who, yeah, he's got great experience and hopefully the Steelers take advantage of that. But in the grand scheme of things, he he's a rookie in Pittsburgh and nobody is going to look at him and say, hey, you know, you get first call on any of this. You get third call on a lot of this. And if your opinion matters enough, we'll go with it. But mm-hmm. If not, which I also think hurts the Steelers in the long run, because you should, you should, I mean, I think personally, Andy Weidel has got more of a resume than anybody in that room. So 
listen to him. He knows mm-hmm. how to do this. Like he's built teams. He's got the 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 Eagles the Eagles offensive line that won the first Super Bowl is here with the second Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Steelers have been looking for an offensive line for six years now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should listen to the guy who knows how to build the trenches. You know, the, the Eagles defensive line was there for the first Super Bowl. Now they're back and somehow better for the second Super Bowl. The Steelers off our defensive line. They have Cam Hayward and they've been digging and searching as hard as possible to find the rest of these pieces. Maybe you listen to the guy who who did this. Maybe maybe he should be higher on the list than it's reported that he is. Yeah, I think that's a good point about there's there should be an expectation that he is down the food chain. Like whether or not he should, it's not unreasonable for no. the GM and the head coach and the owner to say, no, we kind of get the first call on this. There's a reason you're the assistant GM. This is our team, you know, not completely shut him out, but say if there's a disagreement, we're deferring to to someone further up the food chain. Yeah. And I, if I'm the if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm nervous about two things. I'm very nervous about the Cleveland Browns situation because I think that's that's going to fall off the rails rather quickly. And I think everybody in house is going to be gone. You got to worry if there's an opening there. And DeCosta is not going anywhere, but you never know. You just don't want Andy Weidel to end up in the AFC. You just don't. You do not want Andy Weidel to end up in the AFC. And you want him here long enough that you could utilize him enough to build something and then leave. If not, total waste of space, total waste of money, total waste of time and effort. And you just kind of gave away a boatload of your secrets to a guy who's going to go make a different team better. So it is. It's a tough situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But for the time being, if they utilize it correctly, could be worth their time. But we'll see what it is. All right. On that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Remember, $1.4 million. Akersher Stadium's getting some urinals. Be excited about it. I'll be back on Friday with Derek. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace. (laughs) 